Mark Twain said that it's easier to fool people than to convince them they've been fooled. We'll talk about that and more next on Polygamy. What love is this? Our guest this time has been here several times in the past, and she uh, is very knowledgeable about certain aspects of early Mormon history, including many of Joseph Smith's activities. We want to introduce and welcome back our guest, Kathleen Melanakis. Thank you. We just Thank you for having me. got lots to say, so we'll just get right into it yeah. <laughs> and talk That's about it. Um, I opened with the phrase by Mark Twain, mm -hmm. uh, which you actually quoted in a book that you wrote and authored. In fact, you were, you were our guest a couple of years ago when the book was first released. Why don't you tell us the name of the book and um, tell our viewers a little bit about it and where they can buy a copy? Okay. The name of it is Secret Combinations. Evidence of Early Mormon Counterfeiting, 1800 to 1847. And you can purchase a copy either online at, through Amazon.com or MormonCounterfeiting.com or UTLM.com, or you can go to Sandra Tanner's bookstore. Uh, and we also go to shows and Sunstone Conference and other places. Um, mm hmm a lot of places where, where you, you will can have buy the book available benchmark for them books. too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and the the show that we did, uh, the program we did a couple of years ago, the link was on the screen just a minute ago. Um, it was flashed up on the screen next to her book, and and you can go to those links and watch both of the shows that we uh, interviewed, the interviews that we did a couple of years ago when the book first came out, and yeah. it has a lot of good information Here's on it. Book. Um, oh. <laughs> so you can find the book if you're interested in this kind of history you can find the book and read it it's got a lot of footnotes lots and lots and lots you did a lot of research uh, when you uh, were preparing to yeah you asked me what it was about uh, it's you know I really dug into what I think really happened instead of the official version because I wanted to know about polygamy mm -hmm. and because my father came out of a fundamentalist group and I did not think that it was from God I mean I wondered like could this possibly really be commanded by God you know the God of the Bible that gives you the Ten Commandments mm -hmm. that say don't lie cheat steal or commit adultery because I saw a lot of that going on yeah yeah and so I started looking into it and uh, I just ran into so many side notes and other conversations and documents and things having to do with counterfeiting that I said, this probably played a lot bigger role in the Mormon story than has been mm -hmm. admitted. Or, yeah. And so I started gathering it all up, and there's a tremendous amount of counterfeiting evidence yeah. in mm -hmm. the Nauvoo period. Mm -hmm. And I wondered, well, maybe it started earlier than that. And sure enough, I started really, and if you study counterfeiting culture, then you start putting things together because it fits. Fits the, in the Mormon In the pattern. Story. What yeah. they did fits with the pattern of other counterfeiters of that time. Right. In so. fact, we're going to do two interviews this time, and the second interview is going to be totally focused on the book. The first interview, the first, this part one, we're going to focus on something else, which will include some of the things that you found in the book. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, and you have come, you came out of the LDS church, and your family came out of polygamy, right? Well, my 
my father married Your my father. mother. He left the fundamentalist fairly early in uh -huh. his life in college to marry my mother. Yeah. Um, so there was kind of a tension there. And so between was, them, all this to establish that you do have a Mormon LDS background, Joseph Smith background. You do know what you're oh, doing and what yes. you're talking Six about. Six generations back, <laughs> yes. my great-great-grandfather was Heber C. Kimball. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> that, tells, that tells me all I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was a character. He I'm was, telling you. I tell you. Well, in July of this year, that would be July 25th through the 28th um, of 2018, Salt Lake City hosted an annual conference, which they call the Sunstone Conference, and you attended it. Mm -hmm. And and you're going to we're going we, you want to talk a little bit about what you encountered while you were at the conference. Uh, but first of all, for those maybe who are not familiar with it, why don't you explain what the Sun Sunstone Conference is and its purpose? Okay. Uh we enjoyed going. We got to meet a lot of different people. It is a conference where sometimes a thousand to two thousand people come. Mm -hmm. It's organized by a group of people who have really used a lot of inquiry uh, and research to see what the real history of Mormonism is because mm -hmm. they've had questions arise and the Mormon church doesn't encourage people to ask questions yeah. but these people want to do that anyway and so they they discuss topics about history they discuss how to know what you know uh, different branches of Mormonism because so they have little fringe topics and fringe people as well as mainline people and just yeah there's all different big. ranges the, the the theme of it was threads in the Mormon tapestry so they're it's the good part about it is they're at least exploring they're uh -huh. using their minds they're using rational inquiry uh -huh. and so uh, I don't I don't agree with a lot of the topics that they had there but their methods at least are you know, open. At least open they're open to questions investigation. and open to investigation, which, so. is, which is very good. Uh, as we talked about this, you expressed some surprise that there were a couple of people there from at least two different polygamy groups that participated in the actual conference, and, and, and they were even attempting to gain converts while they were there. Were they there to 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 to, to just gain converts, or were they wanted to sway people to their their way of thinking? Did you have well? Much I got the feeling that yeah, they were. You know, approaching people, including myself and my husband, uh, with their doctrine. They were passing out the King Follett Sermon and the Adam God Theory. The King Follett Sermon, huh? Yeah, they oh. were using that. Well, there were two groups there that I know of, the Kingston Group and the Righteous Branch. Uh -huh. So they may not have known that I am very familiar with it. <laughs> <laughs> with all the things that they teach, all the so were they trying to to convert you and your husband to join the well, group? Well, yes. Um, you know, they were saying the one man was telling me about you know can't love be bigger than a than can't just a, love can't no. love be bigger than just a man one man and one woman. And I I said you're talking to the <laughs> Don't wrong person. Don't go there. <laughs> Because I know all about it, and I believe in one man and one woman, as the Bible says. My And my husband's sitting right there. I said, we are a unit, and nothing's going to break that up. You know, uh -huh. that's we're under covenant with God and with each other. 
to yeah. be faithful to each other. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, that gave me the the opportunity to read the King Follett sermon, which I hadn't. I don't. I'd read excerpts of it, but I hadn't read it all in one sitting, and I was surprised to find, you know, not only that he. I was surprised to find how seemingly almost persuasive Joseph Smith could talk. Like, I totally know mm -hmm, that it's mm -hmm. wrong because he claimed the authority of the Bible for what he was saying. Mm -hmm. And I know full well that organizing the earth instead of creating it from nothing and uh, the, the theory that man can become a god and God the Father used to be, used to be a man mm -hmm. and this all, all this other idea of apostate, apostates being sons of perdition. Absolutely, those are those contradict the Bible. Those don't right, right. come out of the Bible. But Joseph Smith tried to claim that they did, right, in front of and, thousands of people. And, and the very point that you made during our conversation was he, for, he, he, he tried to prove before that that you can't trust the Bible, and then he turns around and uses the Bible for his authority. Right. He already said, yeah. well, the Bible has is missing all the plain and precious parts, yeah. and and it isn't translated correctly. Of course, he didn't say which parts aren't. No. Translated correctly, no. but then he he tries to you know say that those things are in the Bible, which they even contradict the Book of Mormon. That's right, exactly. <laughs> and then the so. other the other group that was there is called the Righteous Branch, which is the Peterson group, and they were handing out yeah that pamphlets. Was the, that was the Righteous Branch mm -hmm. that were handing out the King Follett sermon the King and, Follett. and the Adam God theory. And he the representative you know was explaining the Adam God theory to me and. I said, how can, you, uh, how can you believe that Adam was God? Mm -hmm. uh, don't, uh, you know, that's not right. I, I mean, have a question. And Why the, would they call it a theory? It was taught as doctrine. Well, yeah. In fact, I have Brigham Young's quote. I want to I quote that here because the Mormon church absolutely refutes the idea that it was ever taught as doctrine. They call it a theory, and it's never been a theory, at least in the early Mormon days. Brigham Young said, and I quote, How much unbelief exists in the minds of the Latter-day Saints in regard to one particular doctrine which I revealed to them, and which God revealed to me. See, that's a revelation, yeah. namely that Adam is our father and God. Now, that's a revelation. It's no theory. Yeah. Well, there was actually a talk given at the Sunstone Conference on how... The Adam-God theory was taught by Joseph Smith, was taught by Brigham Young, was uh -huh. taught by John Taylor, was taught by uh, Wilford Woodruff. The, at least the I first most four still it. or five prophets taught it as doctrine. But now they distance themselves and uh -huh. say, so yeah. they actually, they, so the Mormon church has changed the very God that they worship. Right, exactly. And that's why they call it a theory. Well, now they because, call it a because, theory. Yeah, because that, that releases them from the revelation that Brigham Young But the it. one, the speaker went through exactly what they did and what they said. Yep. Now, I, thought, I find so. it interesting that the polygamists are there proselytizing um, so blatantly, so openly. They used to, in the early days, they would not proselytize openly. They would do it secretly, you know, and with a few chosen people. But now it's just like, they don't, they don't even fear being held accountable for breaking the law. They're just there and... And everybody knows they're there, and they yeah. just... It's been watered down so much with all the 
other free love going on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In the culture. What were sadly. some of the other most more interesting but, topics that were covered at this year's Sunstone Conference that you wanted to talk about? Well, two two topics that I you know we 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 had a booth there and we were talking to people and talking about the book and selling books. Mm -hmm. But I was able to go to a few topics and two of the most interesting I thought was the one given by Wallace Jeffs, the talk he gave and his book, which I later read. And then the other one, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but there's also, there was a really good talk on the prevalence of affinity fraud here in Utah and mm -hmm. among Mormons. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is people, uh, just because they're a fellow Mormon or a fundamentalist or, you know, they, they can gain people's trust just by virtue of being, being, them, being a fellow Mormon. And there's been a tremendous amount of fraud that's been perpetrated here in Utah by uh, different people, and they, they've you know, scam people out of millions of dollars, mm -hmm. and he went through it. Mm -hmm. Because the trust factor being... Specifically, mm -hmm. and, no, you know, gave certain examples, but if, because you're a fellow Mormon, you don't have to check on somebody's references, you don't investigate them, you don't look at their reputation, you don't, you just automatically trust them, and that, you wouldn't do that, I don't think, with some, with other you know, people, you you would look up somebody's reputation if you're you're hiring yeah, somebody. Yeah, no, but but so, it, yeah. the affinity fraud is just higher than other places. It, well, at one time, so, we was talking earlier. At one time, a few years ago, Utah was the highest in the nation for white collar crime, and that's why that very reason, because the Mormons trust each other, and so the one who's going to to scam others. Claims he's LDS, and whether especially he, if he's in a position of authority, right. you know, bishop or stake president or general, mm -hmm. seventy or you know and, exactly. And there have been people in those positions that have yes. that you know pulled off million yeah. dollar scams, and, and they, he named them. So yeah, and they can they can do um, do it more easily, I think, in this culture of trust. Just trust. It was the same man your, that started the the Mormon leaks that gave that talk. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mormon leaks. Okay. And so. so what would be the so so your your final comment on that would be beware. Check out yeah. everybody no matter who uh, what they are. Someone should be trustworthy before you trust them because there's many people that would take advantage. So yeah, of course check things out and that's what we're saying about Mormonism itself. And Joseph Smith. And yeah, did Smith, he why prove trustworthy? Trust yeah. And, and next, next time we're going to talk how he went, did not prove trustworthy. But you're right. right. Trustworthiness has to be earned. It something. has to be earned. Yeah. yeah. Forgiveness is free. I, this was a sermon I heard once. Forgiveness is free, but trust is earned. Right. So you've got to make sure that they're trustworthy first. And don't be afraid to check people out. Yeah. And, and do they... Even if they are your bishop. Do they do what they say they're going to do? Do their words match their actions? Yeah. What's their reputation? What's their history? Mm -hmm. You know, I learned mm -hmm. that early on in my life because I, I looked into, you know, we looked into Mormonism, but also just out in the world, you can, you can really get taken advantage of. And we moved to different places, so I always had to know who is trustworthy now where I'm living mm -hmm. as far as babysitter, doctor, 
uh, you know, people that have really you, your life in their hands. Right, exactly. So. And so you talked about Warren Jeff's brother, Wallace Jeffs. That was yeah. another topic that you found. That was a really interesting talk because Wallace Jeffs was the half-brother of Warren Jeffs and grew up in the same household. Uh, and so he was in the inner circle of the FLDS mm -hmm. until he tried to buck his brother. Uh, his brother was going to take his wife away from him, from him, and he decided he wasn't going to allow that. And heaven forbid you do that. Mm -hmm. And wow. so he started resisting, and so he told the story of how he fought to get his children and his wives and children. Did you say that he just, warned Jeff tried to kill him at one point? Well, when he started pulling away and resisting, and he and his brother Warren knew that he had ex been exposed to the tapes that incriminated him so much so that he went to jail, uh, then he started being afraid he was going to expose him further, so he started bullying him, which, which is what they do. And mm -hmm. I mean, what's, what surprised me so much learning recently, you know, the, so many in the that are still followers of Warren Jeffs or that have been don't know tyranny or bullying from what's right. normal. It's just normal life for them, yes. Yeah, that's normal to mm -hmm. them. But, you know, to say, to, threatening someone, if you don't obey me or I'm going to take your wives and children away or I'm going to destroy your life, which he was sure that once he started bucking Warren Jeffs, that his henchmen had uh, sabotaged his car so that his brakes failed, and he ended up wow. in the hospital in a coma for 40 days. Wow. So, and he's now speaking out, and he has written a book, and he's telling about what happened in the FLDS mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, prior, right prior to Warren Jeffs going to jail and around that time. Now, so. the name of his book is Destroying Their God, How I Fought My Evil Half-Brother to Save My Children, written by Wallace Jeffs. And I haven't read the book yet, but, uh, but I will uh, probably do a book review on the show. I usually do that, you know, but I re read the book and then talk about it on the show, so, but I haven't done that yet. Um, yeah, I so. found he was a very intelligent man, very courageous. Very, you know, and the book's well written. I saw it when it yeah. came out. They interviewed him on some of the news channels. You mentioned that mm -hmm. that he said that the FLDS is organized crime. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, he said in a room full of eighty people and on video that the FLDS is organized crime. And he named the abuse, the the seduction of the young child brides and the ritual, you know, raping of them virtually. I mean, and, he, and about the other frauds going on and, and uh, you know, the welfare abuse and mm -hmm. all. And like I said, it's the tyranny. You, ha you must obey or else you else? will be punished. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, so did he talk, excuse me, did he talk about the ritual rape? Of the young girls, did he talk about? Well, he that? did describe it in detail in his book. Because uh, there, there's a lawsuit yeah. going on right now. It's real quiet right now, but I'm sure they're gathering evidence. But there is a lawsuit about 
uh, a, a lady who is suing Warren Jeffs and the FLDS for the ritual rape of that she endured through her early years. Is that the one uh, that she might have spoken at the Sunstone Conference too? It hasn't gone to court yet. I don't think she said anything. Okay. I doubt very because much. It, it's, 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 the, the gal who helped to put Warren Jeffs behind bars. No, that wouldn't. Also it's, spoke it's, this, this is a different person. In fact, she isn't even named. She goes by K or or some initial. I can't remember the name, the, the initial that she goes by. She's not even revealed who it is. Okay, well, yeah, because she's gone through, she went through that, and other girls that she knew went through it, and she was forced to watch. Ah, uh, yeah, and how they can agree to that that's somehow oh, holy. Oh, I, mean, I, I don't understand, and the, yeah. and they do it in the name of God, and that's, you know, that is another thing. Um, that's really too bad. Now, he mentioned, uh, or you mentioned something about the counterfeiting that he accused well, them of doing. Yeah, I, you know, he said that, FLDS was organized crime. He used those words. So I went up to him afterwards and gave him a copy of my book. And I just said, well, maybe you would like to know more about the early origins of the Mormon Church and Joseph Smith. Because I found a lot of evidence that it's been organized crime from the beginning. Mm -hmm. With counterfeiting and horse stealing and, and stealing and all kinds of things. Uh, so, so I gave that to him, and then a week later, I, a, a lawyer for the FLDS sent me a copy of a deposition describing where a under oath witness uh, was describing how she was helping to to manufacture counterfeit money in the FLDS now, and. Uh, the, the Salt Lake Tribune is, has said that they are investigating it, and time has gone by, though, and they haven't well, followed up on that. Well, it might be a tough investigation, too. Yeah, so I don't know, like but, but, but there, there's the evidence right there that they're mm -hmm. still doing it now. Well, and, you know, the, so. the Rolling Stone magazine put out an article several years ago about the Kingston group, called them the Mafia, the Polygamous Mafia group, kind of. Um, oh, really? For what Ro they Rolling do. Stone? Uh, Rolling Stone. They did an article mm. on Paul Kingston, and it, it mentioned some of his activities, just like with the FLDS. So, I, you know, early Mormonism was, was <clears throat> organized crime. FLDS is organized crime. Kingston group is organized crime. And I'm I, I, I know a couple of the other groups are as well, at least in activity, um, because they, that, well, the money laundering scheme, scheme at Washakie in Box Elder County, that two Kingston men are in jail right now waiting trial because of the millions and millions and millions of dollars of laundering scheme that they uh, have been caught doing. And then there's the pawn shops that were raided, that with, and all the stolen good was, was taken from the pawn shops that they had stolen and then sold in the pawn shops and money laundering there as well. And then the underage girls, the child trafficking, child labor, bilking members out of their money. It yeah. is organized crime. Just, I mean, just the, the, the free labor that they get from their followers alone. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a crime. You, mm -hmm. you should work for your money that you, I mean, it's such a different thing from an employer making an agreement with an employee. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pay you this much for doing this much work and this is the agreement we have and if either one of us violates that agreement then it's off mm -hmm. versus you are born you know this the old slave owners yeah 
they were born into slavery. They had to do the X amount of work, 12 hours a day or else. But 50 lashes on their back they, and they're sold down the they river. They bring God into it so. because, at least with the Kingston group, I'm sure the other groups do the same thing. This is God's kingdom. We have to help build up God's kingdom. It's your duty to do this work um, with a cheerful heart and, and to help build up the kingdom. You don't need to pay for it because it's for God. But that's claiming to be a God uh, when they were only a human being and because all their faith and trust is in one human being mm -hmm. person the whoever's the mm -hmm. prophet and no no human being is worthy of that right except the exceptional God man human being who was God manifest Jesus mm -hmm. Christ he's Jesus the, he's mm -hmm. the only exception to that rule but nobody is worth putting all your faith and trust wow. and being told that they're speaking for God. How do you know that? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And but so. you can't question. See, yeah. they have that built in as well. And to well, be bullied into that. We only terrible. have a, a few more minutes, a so. couple more minutes uh, in, in part one. So um, why don't you let our viewers know what, how was early Mormonism organized crime? Explain some of that and then we'll talk more about your book next time. Well, there is a lot of evidence of counterfeiting, especially in the Nauvoo period. It was from inside the church, from outside the church, from accusations made by all different groups of people. But it's in the church records themselves where Joseph Smith wrote that his partners were counterfeiting. And, and it was, you know, counterfeiting is a federal crime. It's in that constitution. Governments have to have control of the currency or else everything falls apart, the economy, the mm -hmm. ability to govern. And so if, if people are taking advantage of their neighbors by just printing up easy money and using it, it, it hurts everybody. And, and not only that, but they were oath bound in secrecy not to reveal their secrets on pain of death. So there were murders that covered up that they mm -hmm. were committing crimes. So that, yeah, I, I, I'd say that that's too. pretty bad organized crime. Uh, now, you, you also yeah. mentioned that polygamy was the means of gaining the loyalty of the inner circle of men involved with these activities. And uh, I read Joseph Jackson's part of his story where he says Elizabeth Durfee, for one, and I think he mentioned Sarah Cleveland, were two of the most evil women that, that he had ever known to be on the face of this earth because they would do whatever Joseph Smith wanted them to do. And that would include getting brides for them, helping with the counterfeit operations and the other things uh, that they did. Well, you mentioned, yeah, I know Elizabeth Durfee was one of the real helpers of the yeah. child brides. Yeah. Sarah Cleveland actually got indicted for counterfeiting. Mm -hmm. She was one of his plural wives. I read that in your she book. went to jail. Uh, she got out on bail and went to a different jurisdiction. But, I mean, she was one of the big counterfeiting people and she's and yet she's revered in yeah revered because uh, she was a wife of Joseph yeah yeah, yeah. well we're, but, we'll talk more about that uh, next time Kathleen and as we get into the the counterfeit the book that you've got and some of the details about that yeah. um, so thank you for, for coming here you know and we talk uh, about truth and truth does matter. Truth is not relative. Truth is not different for each of us, and, and it doesn't change. In fact, uh, truth is totally unchangeable. 
what the Bible reveals as truth differs from what Joseph Smith said was truth. Therefore, a thorough investigation, as we talked, should be made, and truth can be tested to discover if it's really truth. We're going to continue our interview with Kathleen because she has so much more to say about the truth of Joseph Smith and his family, information that she has researched and discovered, all of which is very revealing. So watch next time here at Polygamy, What Love Is This? This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.